podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland, I'm Trev Downey. And this, of course, is Malby on the Spot, your weekly chance, thanks to Anfield Index Pro, to hear the wit and wisdom of your friend and mine, Mr. Jan Malby, as we look back over the week that was and look ahead to the week to come for Liverpool FC. Good evening, Jan. Good evening, Trevor. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, I wasn't quite as well as some people in the wake of the most recent result, which is obviously going to be our starting point. I'm looking forward to the week ahead. We've got a European game to talk about coming up in very, very quick time. Um, For people listening to this, hopefully they'll get a chance to listen to the show before the game. And of course, the Premier League rolls on regardless. So I'm very, very anxious to get your take on what's been going on. Um, We've had a few curveballs thrown at us today as well in terms of injury and bad news in that regard but let's start with the big story in town which was of course the game we looked forward to the last day and I do believe a certain Mr Mulby said it would be a score draw um, so credit where it's due my friend credit where it's due um, it was an odd game um, that left certain people feeling certain things I came out of it just so we have something to tee it off with because I'd like to get your reaction a little bit frustrated I'll be honest with Jan I thought um I, I get all the rationales about it being a great result over there, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I just felt as if we had a chance to take an advantage, um, and uh, I, I, I was disappointed that we hadn't. In the greater scheme of things, if we go on to have a good season, people will say it's a good point. Um, what was your immediate reaction, and has it changed as it sat with you over the week? I'm. Uh, I totally agree with you. It was a great result. Uh, so. I was at the game, uh, didn't really look at my phone till I got home uh, about five o'clock. And I was slightly surprised that, and I, I, I'm talking about my friends, I'm not talking about social media, I'm talking about my friends. Slightly surprised at the overreaction to the result uh, because I was a bit left like you. Uh, but sometimes you do need to speak to, to other people to, to gauge where people are at. Isn't it? And I was a bit like driving home, not sure what I'd just seen. Uh, I heard one or two of the Liverpool players say we didn't feel we played particularly well and had we played well it was definitely one of those days anyway where you're going to beat City because we didn't need to be anywhere near our best I felt to to, to beat them Uh, so I don't know and then so we're doing this podcast on the Wednesday then on a Tuesday night Leipzig come to town and you know, they almost do a job on Manchester City as well, don't score two goals or whatever. And I just think that it just feels right now they're right, aren't they? You know, mm-hmm. they, they can't keep clean sheets. Uh, so I thought, I'm actually sit, sitting here with Lee. Yeah, I'm missing two points. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm missing two points. It was, it was an opportunity. Fair enough, when you play City and they're at their best, you're almost at their mercy, Andy. But they weren't at their best winner. So I just have that feeling that we left two points in Manchester, you know, unnecessary, really. Uh, and I don't know, but it was just, you know, I thought Mo was slightly off it again, wasn't he? And and, and Shoboslai didn't get into the game. And 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 and, and there, obviously, I, I feel when we play the best, they're our best opportunity to, to win the game. I know with them. We're all sort of in a in a weird way in in, in love with Darwin Nunez, isn't it? But when you're talking about a bit more reliable than, than maybe him and in Mo Salah is very reliable, isn't it? We feel that the Shovel's has probably been our best player this season. And some those two weren't quite where they at it. So I don't I don't know, Trevor, but I am more and more thinking. You know, Arsenal, Liverpool and 
Manchester City are quite capable of turning this into a in a three-way fight for the title, which could be which could be quite exciting, isn't it? So I, I don't know how to answer your question, Trevor. I don't know where I'm at with that game at all. Oh, I think you very much have answered it with that run through because I, I'm glad to know that I wasn't the only one who, who seemed to be having higher standards than the rest. I, I was deluged with people talking about, oh, a great point and um, going to City and you have to remember it's City and so on and so forth. And I think like you, I was feeling, yeah, but that was not prime City. Um, and we play very much within ourselves. That's what I want to focus on. You can never really allow for what the opposition is going to do anyway. And it felt to me like, and you identified two of the culprits as such in terms of underperformance. And listen, it feels a bit harsh to dig them out, having um, been uh, saved by them on so many occasions this year, those two lads. But yeah, I think across the board, you could say it was quite underwhelming. Um the Darwin Nunes versus Haaland thing was always going to be the narrative and the people who wanted to make hay out of that got every opportunity on the back of the incidents in the game but just so we can have a little bit of a balanced chat about it, I agree with you I think the reliability factor is absolutely going to be where we can finally say I can take a deep breath and go Nunes is our number nine, I know what we're going to get from him every week but here's the thing, Jan, I feel like we are starting to get more of a picture of that and I feel like it's increasingly beneficial to the team. Uh, it's not just the chaos. He does work intelligently. He does close down. He does make the right runs. Yes, that cutting edge in terms of regular, just dead-eyed reliability. But I don't know how great his chances were in the day either. Um, so I'd be curious to know what you made of him and what you make of his evolution. It's always going to be too slow for some people. And then you have the super fans who are going to say he's just God's gift. Where are you landing on Nunes and his progress? Well, we we, we spoke about him a couple of weeks ago at length, uh, where you know we, we were trying to almost look into the future and, and trying to predict yeah. what was going to happen with David Nunes, isn't it? And I just happened to think that he is just one of those, you know, off the wall sort of characters who who does his thing in it. But then in the last couple of weeks, we've we've seen things in his game that you think, whoa, that's almost coach that, isn't it? Mm. You know, it, 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 it's, mm. it's almost as if I'm not suggesting that they haven't worked with him previously. What I maybe I'm suggesting is that he might have seen the benefit of what they're trying to do and what they're trying to tell him, isn't it? So in terms of the game against Manchester City, I thought he was slightly unlucky with his header. Uh, I'm slightly unlucky, uh, but I'm also a little bit disappointed that he doesn't get a shot when he gets the opportunity in about the 16th minute, isn't it, where all he has to do, and it's a decision, isn't it? And compare that to Trent's goal, or even compare that to, to Haaland. Compare that to Haaland's two goals, the one against us and the one against Leipzig. Uh, where Darwin Nunez takes the pass for the outside of his right foot, when really he should have let it run through for the instep on the left, then to move it on to uh, his right foot. Compare that to Haaland, who has two touches before he shoots against us. His second little touch sets it up for his shot, and exactly the same against Leipzig. You know, when, when I saw the first goal, his goal against Leipzig, I thought, He's put that into the net, but the outside of his left foot, but he hasn't, because that second touch sets it up so he can do it with the iPad. And it's exactly the same with, with the pass. The pass for Trent for the goal is not a great pass, you know, but his first take is a great take, isn't it? Sets it up for that. Not only sets it up for the shot, but it sets up for the quick shot before they can get themselves set, isn't it? So, so they're kind of still the things that we need to work on a little bit, isn't it? But I, I think. The last couple of weeks, Trevor, there's been something, hasn't there, you know, where it's a bit more measured. You know, it's 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 a bit more, I think. I don't think we were screaming off the rooftops that we wanted more of this from Narva Nunes because he was still delivering big deals in it. But what I think Klopp, it's it's more what Klopp needs from time to time, some control over what we're doing. It's not, everything can't be off the cuff, isn't it? So I'm 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 quite happy. Uh He's going to end up somewhere 25, 30 goal involvement over the season, isn't it? I think that's okay. Yeah, you get the feeling it's starting to take 
in some way, shape or form on a level that the manager is going to be happy with as well. And, you know, just as we're talking about control and an element of coaching and an element of predictability coming into what we get from and we also have to address what was for me absolutely the highlight of the game because, you know, all else aside, I heard people talk about what a wonderful game it was. Now, I just felt, don't try to kid a kid or here. I mean, I've been watching football a long time. Uh, you have played football at the very highest level. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that there's every chance you'll agree with me. That, that was not an enjoyable, pure, purest game of football. I mean, there was some decent patches, but I just I didn't see what everyone was talking about. Oh, football at the highest level. Not for me at all. Again, maybe I'm wrong. What do I know? I'll get your take on that first. Uh, but afterwards, then, <laughs> uh, Darwin versus Pep. Just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. something you like to see. I was wondering where you were going, Joe. I was wondering where you were going yeah, to highlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So I, 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 had, I had the best laugh. I had. I was the most entertained I was in the entire match. I just liked the heart. And quite frankly, I, I'm, not, I'm not very well disposed towards... Guardiola, I find him very prissy, uh, unlikable. And as a result, anyone who's having a go, I think it's fantastic. But I loved, Jan, the faces on Klopp, on Alexis McAllister, on Adrian, just indulgent smiles, you know. <laughs> He's away again. Let's take him off. You remember having characters like that in your team. I think they're good for a side. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Did, did we ever get to the bottom of what was what it was? No, no, no. Uh, you know, you know whether it's something Darwin said or whether it was something that Pep said, and and you know, and and obviously, often in these things, you know, one is trying to defuse it, isn't it? And and one is, you know, like pushing it right to the edges. So we never quite got to the bottom of that yet. But it's right. I mean, it was right in front of our commentary position, and you and you can't. Your eyes are just drawn to it, isn't it? You know, go let's let's see where this goes, isn't it? And <laughs> what was the biggest disappointment that people got in between? Was that the biggest disappointment? Is that what exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think. Hey. I think. You know, but but I, I, the whole the whole thing was such a good show. It was just lovely to watch. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought particularly McAllister. McAllister just flanked him, and he just had this smile going, "Oh fucking hell, here we go!" And he just, you know, it's just a mate looking out for someone. They were never. It was never going to get too big. But I think that's what I was trying to drive at. Uh, was, I know that you play with larger than life characters. Everyone in that dressing room, including yourself, was a larger than life character in their own way. But there's always one or two who are just that far away from losing the plot. That fuses short and. I think sometimes, I think teams get a little bit of uh, not inspiration, but it's 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 a bit of light relief, isn't it? Watching a fella, you know what he's going to do, and 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 you just it's a source of almost entertainment and it, it, it focus for the team. I know it sounds silly, Ian, but I think you know what I mean when you've got those kind of characters that you can rely on to create those moments to talk about and have a bit of fun about. You get the ones. Who lose control? Yeah, and then you get the ones who give the impression that about to lose yes. control. Yes, that's you know, it. you know. So you got you got two types haven't you? So we we of course had those. If if it was one of the guys who would lose control, who's in trouble, you needed to be there. Yeah, but if it was one of the actors. You know, <laughs> Then you go fucking leave him to it. You know? <laughs> but you always you always worry about the ones who are actually quite capable yeah. of, of going off on one. You know what I mean? So Darwin, I would think uh, that's why they hung around, wasn't it? You know, yeah. that's why they hung. I mean, Pep Line just made sure that he kept Pep Guardiola away, and that's why because they they kind of know that we don't know where this is going to end. 
you know, had had that been one of the other boys, they would have gone, I know where this is going to end. It's, it's going to end with a high five or whatever. And, you know, so, but and we can agree on that. It would have been more fun if they would have left them to it. <laughs> For sure. You know, yeah. if you'd gone, okay, then, I mean, whatever's been said, whatever, sort it out between you, isn't it? And if you don't want to do it in, in broad day, like go in a tunnel, we shouldn't encourage these things as a tunnel. But uh, <laughs> no, it was a highlight. Yeah, it was actually. I forgot all about it when you said in the highlight of the day. I'm thinking, what was the highlight? Well, that was the highlight, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the, that was the best fun. It was the best fun. And you know, as I was thinking about, I was going. You you mentioned the people, the actors versus you know the the, the holding me back merchants. Yeah, yeah. You've seen them, yeah, 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 exactly. And they, and they run a mile, then don't they? And then they run a mile, <laughs> exactly. But but versus the guys who, and I, I'm wondering, I see if I've called this right in your dressing room at the in in the, the at the height of that wonderful mid to late '80s team. I'm thinking the one man that you would need to restrain would be Grobbler. Grobbler always struck me as he had the potential for scariness. You know. I mean, Trevor, we were scared of going anywhere near it. Right. You know, when you know when when, when Bruce lost it, uh, and he lost it with a teammate once, Paul Walsh, you know, and we, we had, there was about fucking eight of us, you know. Wow. And, and we're all having a bit of a, you know, let's have a quick meeting here. Are we going to do this? Yeah, well, you know, we're all going to do this because I'm not going in, I'm not going in. So we got about eight of us together, you know, to try and defuse the situation. But yeah, when Bruce loses it, which to be fair, it takes a lot. Yeah, uh, because he doesn't have a sense of humour ever. But when he loses it, but normally Bruce would, of course, not everybody knows what Bruce is like. But if it was to do with the lads, you'd always get the finger, you know, hey, my boy, this is not funny, and you go, whoa, 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 whoa this is not funny. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Bruce, Bruce was one of them. But then you'd also have the ones that you'd hold back, and they'd be shouting behind you and going here, there, and everywhere. But well, people like. People like Steve McMahon and whatever, feisty. You know, I mentioned before Paul Walsh. He was a feisty little character. You know, Barry Venison. He was an angry. You know, uh, he was an angry boy, isn't he? You know, I mean, you know, the other people who wanna, yeah, and then the people who don't wanna, who just wanna have a bit of. You couldn't call it funny, isn't it? But it's 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 part of the theatre, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, you're absolutely spot on with Bruce. Yeah, but you know, I was a big boy. You know what I mean? I, even I was reluctant. To get too close to Bruce when you think he's about to blow his fucking top. Whoa. <laughs> hey, people boy. people Whoa. don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. I think if, if people haven't experienced someone like that, they they, they don't understand quite what it can be. Uh, but yeah, some people are genuinely just naturally intimidating. And I always got that vibe off, off Bruce. Um I, but like you say, a gentleman, uh, entirely a gentleman, unless we get to that zone. Uh, just a couple of things just to round off the city chat, because let's accept that, you know, the league table could have gone a little bit worse than it did. Obviously, we had, like I say, we had that opportunity to, to push on. Um, Arsenal took their opportunity to push on. Um, Spurs didn't again uh and i think it's probably a little bit harsh to start doing the whole spurs are spursing it a thing but i think you're right when you say it's already kind of shaping up in an interesting way because aston villa are on this great run at the moment and it's going to be a cluster of teams who are going to be challenging for those third and fourth positions do you see a reality emerging uh where there could be a two-horse race between Liverpool and City based on the standard of football on display at the weekend? Or do you actually see this challenge from Arsenal lasting to make it a proper three-way to the end? I understand they may have a bit of legs in them, but do you think they have enough of what it takes for it to be sort of quite close to the end, at least between them and us, for rivals to City? Yeah, I do, actually. Uh, I mean... You still get the impression with Arsenal, and, and this is obviously compared to last season, that there is more to come in terms of the way that they play. Uh, but it seems to have changed the way that they play. There's a lot more control, isn't it? But I'm just sitting here thinking that if Arsenal had what they had last year, plus Declan Rice, there would mm. be a hell of a team in it. But it seems, obviously, they've got Declan Rice, who's playing ever so well, uh, but the rest of them are not quite functioning yet. In them. But still, they have they have a steel about them, Trevor, that, that will probably see them a long way. Uh, so... If you ask me, I could see Liverpool, Arsenal and, and Manchester City finishing within 
five or six points of each other. Uh, it, it, it probably wouldn't go into the mid nineties. You know, it's more be something between eighty-five and ninety points. Uh, and I do think all three of them are capable of getting that. Uh, but then it doesn't take a lot to derail. And I think when you talk about derail, the only club you can rule out is, is Manchester City, yeah? Uh, because we've been derailed. We were derailed by the Van Dijk injury. Then we were derailed by the season after we went for all the four trophies and whatever. Uh, and you look at other clubs that, that being derailed by something. The only one you can rule out is probably Manchester City. So I wouldn't rule out that something could happen to Liverpool or, or, or Arsenal that would derail their season. But as it stands now... That would, that would be my three. And then you talk beyond, and you mentioned Aston Villa, which it's a funny cat that isn't it, Aston Villa, uh, because we've seen them played off the park at Anfield. We've seen them go to St. James's Park. Uh, they went to Nottingham Forest, got wiped out. But they've also been very, very strong at home. Uh, I don't know what to make of them. Spurs, I think it's unfair to say they're doing a Spurs because they've got a lot of injuries and now Bentancur is out injured as well. So I think they've been unlucky. Uh, but I also said we always felt that they needed reinforcement. Chelsea, after two good performances and two good results, beating Spurs and drawing Manchester City, they got a bit of a rude awakening. But I think that's more at the level they're at. You know, I'm not convinced that they've turned the corner, although they've got some very good players. The interesting bit, Trevor, is Manchester United. I was at Goodison on Sunday when they beat Everton 3-0. First half, very even. Probably slightly shaded by Everton, although United left, left 1-0. But in the second half, they played well United. Uh, and they're in Turkey while we're doing this, I think, uh, running out comfortable winners as well, I think, against Galatasaray. I just look at the way that they played in the second half. I look at some of the players coming back from injury. Uh, I think they're hitting a bit of form, Trevor. Yeah. I think they're hitting a bit of form, you know. And uh, when they hit a bit of form, they, they 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 do have some really good players, you know. So they're entitled to hit a bit of form, aren't they? Uh, so I'm a little bit worried about Manchester United. And then, of course, the ones I left out is, is Newcastle. Uh, I looked at Newcastle's next 11 games. It, it, it's, it's horrendous. Uh, the fixture list they've got coming up, add 10 injuries to that. I, that might just derail them. I don't know. But the, the one, the one that right at this moment in time, Trevor, United won't get anywhere near City, Arsenal, Liverpool. I can't have it. But, but they might just slowly be favoured for that fourth spot again, uh, which is about where they finished last year, isn't it? So yeah, I can see things coming together for Manchester United. Absolutely. When they build up the last thing on, on Liverpool City or related to Liverpool City, when the build up was going on and we were talking about it and everybody was doing their own shows and the conversation um, topic that was very much in the mouths of most pundits and analysts were, well, Chelsea have given Liverpool a, br- a blueprint for how to do it. In fact, unless I'm mistaken, I think Kloppo himself mentioned the Chelsea game and uh, the fact that um, they got at them. And it seemed to be very much, well, it's almost self-evident that that's what we have to do. And you look at the stats of the game and it's very, very interesting. You know, it was was a little bit deflating. We managed eight shots uh, in the game. We managed three shots on target. We obviously were always going to struggle for possession, but we had 40% of the ball. And in those situations, you would like to see us convert those uh, moments of counter-attack or whatever into something really, really solid. Um, and, you know, our, our shooting accuracy was pretty awful. I thought our set pieces were abysmal. Um, it didn't feel like we actually had a plan, and the plan certainly wasn't for us to be front foot and go at them in the way that Chelsea did. Um, so I wonder if you could see something that perhaps uh, a lesser viewer of the game like me didn't in terms of what it was we were trying to do because the only thing I could see was that we were doing the classic absorb and then try to hit in the counter but we didn't do that very well in fact one of the few spontaneous moments we had that everything came together was the goal and that scored by a guy given man of the match by Gary Neville who I thought had a very mixed afternoon so very strange performance and I, I was wondering if you could tell me what you thought the plan was 
Uh, so you talk about man of the match. I probably thought that Sean Matsy might have been our best player on the on the, on the on the day. Uh, I, I was surprised when he was Trent. Uh, I think our plan was to be Liverpool. Uh, you know, I'm not. There's no doubt that the club has had enough encounters against Pep Guardiola to know how to play them. And I think the plan was to be Liverpool. But I think uncertainty might have crept in to our play. And by that, I mean, Simic has ever been part of us playing against City in a chop-chop game. It's a new experience with McAllister. Don Murray Shop is like the last time he was at City, they got beat by seven when he was a bit Leipzig, you know. It's, it's a new experience to be part of this for David Nunez. It's a relative new experience for Shotter to be part of that as well, isn't it? Because when we were at our best cup against City, you know who the front three were. It was, it was Firmino and, and, and Mane and, and, and Salas. And so, so I, the only thing I can put it down to, Trevor, is that as much as we wanted to be Liverpool, there was a certain amount of doubt for, for them players. And they're thinking, we've never done this. You know, we've, we've never gone toe-to-toe with City. And what happens if City turn up? What happens if City are at their absolute best? And I think I think that affected the game. But I also think City didn't quite know what to expect from Liverpool. You know, I think when it was the midfield of Henderson and Fabinho and Van Allen, they knew what we would bring. But all of a sudden, we, 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 we got a different number six. We, we, we got Shobosai, who they, you know, they probably couldn't remember playing against him when he was at Leipzig because they ran out so convincingly winners. So I also think that City are looking and thinking, Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, where, 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 where is this threat coming from? You know, what is it that Liverpool have got? You know, so I think both teams were sort of in between, and I felt that that was the game we got in the end. We got a sort of in between game uh, that some people thought was marvellous, but people like me and you, Trevor, have seen it all. And you compare this game the other day to the last, let's just say, 12 encounters we've had with, with City in the Premier League. I, I would suggest that it comes bottom or in, in, in terms of. The expectations and in terms of the energy, I know the 12.30 kickoff time is not ideal, but in terms of the energy, uh, in, in, in terms of the intensity, and also in terms of sitting at the edge of your seat, isn't it? There wasn't a lot of that either, in, in, in a way. It was almost it was almost too comfortable, wasn't it, for the Liverpool-Manchester City game? And I said it during commentary, you know, obviously the biggest thing here for both teams is that City can't get the second goal to decide to, to, to get the game won. And because we're only one nil down, I can't see us playing a game without scoring. No, and, and 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 that's exactly how it turned out in the end. This is so a bizarre and a strange game. But I think it's a game where people are kind of allowed to make up their own mind of what do you do think. I mean, one of my mates in Cabas and Letters went, "That is a title winning away performance," and uh, you know, it, yeah, he's Welsh to be fair. So I don't know whether we need to do or not, but. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it, it, that's the best part of it is that again, again, it was amongst my own pals that we were having this sort of very different view of what we'd seen. I, I think it's great. It may be down to how long you are in the tooth, how grey you are in the beard. Uh, it may be as simple as that. Uh, there were younger men, men I was speaking to, so perhaps that's what it was. And arising out of the game, Jan, alas. <clears throat> there was a couple of bad bits of news. Um, obviously, we had Ali looking like he was 
a bit cropped on the day we had Jota who had to leave the field. Now the update from Jurgen today is that Jota's injury will be long term. Now that's not the phrase he used. What he what he said was that Allison's going to be you know a while and Jota will be a bit longer. Um, Jurgen scares the living crap out of me every time he speaks about injuries because it feels like you need to take what Jurgen says and magnify it because if you recall the Thiago in- injury was a minor thing six and a half months later is Thiago even it's just a, it's just a long term minor thing Trevor <laughs> long term minor thing so I mean it just <clears throat> I, I'm it, it's not it doesn't bode well for when he's saying that Jav is going to be out for a while Um. And obviously, we can carry a Jota injury with the wealth of attacking talent that we have at our disposal. It, we're very lucky in that regard at the moment. The squad is very, very healthy in that regard. What, what the squad cannot do is lose out on a guy who is the best at what he does in the world. Um, because the drop-off to the next level in Cuevin Kelleher is considerable, as it would be with almost any other goalkeeper. People are way too quick to get on Kelleher's back for not being Allison, But it does have a very, very real impact on us, Jan, if it goes on for a long po- uh, while, because we take it for granted now the amount of amazing saves that this guy makes, the fact that he keeps us in games when they're tight. Um, it's impossible to overstate how important he is. And it does feel like a real worry now for this next little se- sequence. Have you heard anything a little bit maybe more insider about how long this is? Because the reports are a bit weird. I think Man United was the target that I was hearing lately. So I think a lot of people might have missed it during the game. Uh, you know, Alisson getting injured late on because he, he, he sat down and you could see he was holding the back of his leg. Uh, but then obviously... Uh, because we made the five substitutions, he, he played on for the last couple of minutes, uh, and then once the game ended and the cameras had gone away, but we were still in the stadium, and then he he sat down on the pitch, and then the medical staff came out, and so you obviously sense it's it's a hamstring injury, and it's strange in it, Trevor, because this is on the back of maybe the worst game he's ever had for Liverpool. Yeah. You know that we, we're still potentially talking about what a loss he's going to be, isn't it? But but he is going to be a massive loss, isn't it? so. I've heard nothing. I've spoken to nothing, nobody about it. Uh, but realistically, Manchester United is more on the 17th or what, 16, 17th or whatever. That's about right in three weeks. Uh, I think mm-hmm. for the hamstring, uh, that would feel about right. Uh, and it's 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 no good saying either he's only a goalkeeper. You know what I mean? Because you can't be a goalkeeper either if you've got a torn hamstring or you know it's, it's just impossible. This so three weeks feels about right. Was obviously give Keller an opportunity to play quite a few games, you know. He'll get it. Well, this be this will be his best run, won't it? Uh, because I think last time Ali was out, he was it was uh, Adrian who got the run, I think. Uh, it was, so, yeah. yeah. So, so this will be Keller's longest run ever. So, good luck to him, yeah. I mean. I think Cuevin's got 25-odd games or something like that. This is going to really, really bump up his overall total. And I mean, that's a hell of a run. So last tomorrow night, then Fulham, Fulham at home, he gets to play against uh, Sheffield United away. He gets Crystal Palace away. The last game, the one that we'll no doubt go into needing something to top the group against Union away. And then, theoretically, Alisson may be in contention for the United game on the 17th um, at Anfield. Um, but again, that's the optimistic uh, take on it. As you say, that's usually the run of it for a hamstring, and hopefully it's not too bad of a one. Um, the games, perhaps, that we're talking about, though, and this is going to bite me in the ass probably, but if you were to handpick them, two Europa League games were... You know, he has cup experience. Uh, Fulham, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace. I I suppose, Jan, if you were to pick a run that you had to do without Ali for, perhaps it's not the worst of them. No, it it looks pretty doable, doesn't it? Uh, You know, especially the fact that we're in in reasonably good shape uh, all around us. And so I, I would never use the phrase, we'll get away with it. 
because I think Keller is, is more than good enough to, to, to stand on his own two legs and be a Premier League goalkeeper, isn't it? Uh, but it is a nice selection of of, of games. I can see the, 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 the European gaming has last been a little bit one-sided. And I think Fulham has got every chance of being the same. Sheffield United on a Wednesday night is always a, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a looting thing, isn't it? Uh, you know, it's people are expecting us to go there and roll them over 3 4 nil, isn't it? I think Bramall Lane is going to be a, a, an awkward game, you know. Uh, and of course, the challenge he will face there is how they would want to create chances, which would create which would mean an awful lot of crosses and six men in the little six-yard box for corners and whatever it is. And, it, you know, it's a sort of a whole new ball game for him, isn't it? So, if anything, that might just be the one where you think or swim. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I I don't want to give anyone the impression that I'm anything other than very, very high on Kelleher as, as a keeper. It's just people saw that he was not godlike like Allison on a couple of occasions. And it, it you know, I, I in, in in the couple of games where he has stepped in recently, I, I was thinking, Jesus, Ali saves that. It's, that's going through your head. And it's probably a really, really unfair comparison. I hope he gets to make the most of this run. And it starts tomorrow night, Jan, against Lask um, in the Europa. Um, we're top of the group on nine points after the last very disappointing outing. Um, with Toulouse in second on seven points, Union on four and Lask on three. But Lask are very much aware that if they are to have any uh, legs in this competition, they got to get a result tomorrow night. So they're going to be as highly motivated as is humanly possible. They won, I think, one of the games to date and lost three. Uh, the opposite results to us, basically. And I'm wondering what you think about our chances here in terms of... Um, Kloppo made some comments. Again, I didn't see the full thing. I apologize about having to prioritize certain competitions. Um, some of them are more important than others was the gist of what he was saying. Um, we have this game at the weekend against Fulham, which we're going to obviously go on and talk about in a few minutes. But this European game, it feels big to me, Jan, because I think we need to not just qualify, but we need to top that group and give ourselves the freedom to not have to be in that silly extra round. Uh, and that puts a bit of pressure on it. So I'm wondering, does he go strong? Um, and if so, who, what does that mean? I mean, what, what's your gut feeling for what we look like tomorrow night going out? So obviously, first and foremost, the difference between the two clubs is that it's a game we need to manage. Yeah, It's pretty straightforward for Lask. They come with everything they've got. This is their Champions League, isn't it? I mean, I landed at Manchester Airport this morning with 300 of them. Did uh, you? They, they, came, they came in at the same time and, and we get to immigration and think, bloody hell, this is busy. And then you obviously listen to them speaking and they realise that none of them were in club colours, but you realise and I had a little chat to a couple of them really nice in that. So they were obviously looking forward to the game. They were looking forward to the whole experience of going to Anfield. It was quite a big deal for them, isn't it? Uh, so I think we'll be... I think we'd be relatively strong again because we don't want to add another game on the 14th of December as a must-almost-win game to go with United at home, Arsenal at home, and West Ham at home in the Calabar Cup, which is also a must-win, really, isn't it? Because you'd love to be in a two-legged semi-final, mm. uh, you know, when we just round the corners. So we don't want to add another one. So I think we'll be, I think we'll be strong again. I don't know which one it was. So we, we spoke about one of the European games and then the next thing you saw the lineup, we were really strong. Uh, so I've got a feeling that Klopp has, Klopp has come to grips with the, probably the two most important months of a season, November, December, isn't it? You know, there's so many games, there's so many important games in it. And he's almost come to terms with how do we best attack these months, isn't it? You know what I mean? So they'll have a plan. I think we'll go strong and I think we'll beat them. 
Yeah, I, I really hope you're right. I'm listening to you talk there and I'm reminded of the fact that not only did I have to cough up tickets for United, but I also had to cough up my tickets for uh, West Ham in the Cup. Uh, both of them killing me to miss those because, you know, I, 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 did, I was all set to go, but, you know, family is family. It's not working out for me at the moment. And um, there are so many big nights immediately on the horizon. And I don't mean to diminish the games that are between those games that we're talking about around the Christmas period uh, and these ones that are upcoming starting tomorrow night. We will really have to win this game. Like you say, it's a must win. Um, the winning of the group is a must for us as well, I think. So, yeah, there's going to be a bit of pressure on I, I fancy this to be quite an exciting night tomorrow night, Jan. I, I think there's a lot on it, as you say. One team with nothing to lose, one team with everything to lose. It's uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting one. What's probably a little bit more predictable is the weekend uh, outing against Fulham. And again, just like we usually do, give people a bit of an idea of how Fulham are going. Well, I suppose the first thing we could do is is look at the table. Uh, and that might tell some people something. They are on four, in 14th place on 15 points. And by the way, I hope I didn't seem dismissive of Aston Villa earlier on, who are level on points with Liverpool. It's a hell of an achievement. If we're having a great season, then they're having a great season, just by the by. But yeah, Fulham uh, on 13th, uh, oh, sorry, in thir- uh, 14th spot with 15 points. Uh, level in, on points with Crystal Palace, Wolves, and a point behind Brentford, who are in 11th. So you get a feel, and Chelsea, who are in 10th. So you get a feel for how close things really are in the league. It's not, there, there aren't these vast gaps at all. So to give people an idea how Fulham have gone recently, <coughs> you'll of course notice as usual, Jan, uh, last time out, they had a 3-2 win uh, over Wolves. Um, previous to that, it was a 3-1 reversal at Villa, where they lost out. They also lost uh, previous to that uh, against Man United uh, at Craven College. Uh, they had a way win in the EFL uh, against Ipswich before that. And the previous two Premier League games were a 1-1 draw with Brighton and a 2-0 reversal to Tottenham. So it's not exactly a stunning run of form of late. But again, so people have some idea of what Fulham bring to the table. We'll just have a look at the most recent team that went out and had that 3-2 victory over Wolves. Um, Some of the names will be familiar to some people, just to give them a feel. They started with Leno and Goals, uh, a a player that Liverpool were linked to back in the day. I remember in 2013-14, writing an article where Leno was being linked to Liverpool. Uh, Bassi and Ream uh, were the centre-halves with Robinson and Castagne either side. You've got Reed and Kearney in the middle. Uh, Iwobi and Willian on the flanks. Pereira behind Jimenez. It's not a bad old team. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, to be fair, uh, on their bench as well, they have some names that people will be familiar with. Harry Wilson. Uh, Sasha Lukic came on the last time uh, Carlos Vinicius came on the last time they've also got Kenny Tete there people know Bobby De Cordova Reed. they might know Luke Harris um, and Tosin uh, Adebayo came on as well not exactly a bad squad Jan and will p- possess a, a real threat we need to w- be wary of them I think a lot of people really rate Marco Silva as well be interested to hear what your take on Fulham is and what they offer uh, I'm not impressed by Fulham. Uh, obviously, it wasn't by their doing that they were forced to sell Mitrovic in the summer, but they're really missing his goals. Uh, you mentioned that the boy who played up front the last one, Raul Jimenez, that they bought from Wolverhampton. Uh, he's forgotten how to score goals, it's as simple as that. I mean, he had that terrible head injury and he's never been the same ever since. Uh, I've seen Fulham live once against Manchester United. I, th- I thought they were dreadful. Uh, but so were Manchester United, to be fair, and he scored a 90-second minute winner. Uh, but I watched the game on Monday uh, against Wolves, and it was highly controversial. Uh, they scored two penalties, and you could most definitely question both of those. Uh, but I just think it's... I agree with Marco Silva. Marco Silva's finally found a club where he's showing uh, what, what, what he's capable of. I mean, he did ever so well at Hull, but then ever since, it's been a bit... Watford and Everton, I want to struggle a bit, but he's found a, a team, but he needed that win, I think, on Monday. 
just to give them a bit of confidence because they 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 found it difficult. To me, they're a sort of in between nothing team. Uh, you mentioned all these. Ben Lano is an okay goalkeeper. Centre half Ream is getting on a bit. Bassi they, they just took back from Ajax. He originally at Glasgow uh, at Rangers. He's okay and uh, no more than that. But the one man who was missing on Monday is their star player, the Portuguese midfielder Palfinha. Uh, he he to be fair. He is the one where you go, he's above the level. Uh, he's a really good player, but I'm not a big fan of Fulham. I just, you know, even, I find it even easier to talk about Luton. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Because I can tell you what Luton have got. This is how Luton want to play. This is their team's personality and Fulham is a bit, what is it? So one week it's it's uh, Harry Wilson plays and then Villian and then Cordoba Reed and it's, it's it, everything is a bit and then He's got three strikers to, to, to choose between none of them who could hit a barn door, you know what I mean? So it's all a bit aggressive press, not really high line, not really. So they appear to be a very flexible team, but I don't think that's by choice. You know, I just think that they struggle to impose themselves on games. So they play the game that the opposition allowed them. Uh, so I would be amazed. I'd be amazed if they get anywhere near us to trouble. I'd be amazed. Well, we shall see the proof of that pudding in your prediction at the end of the show. But we have just a few minutes left. And when this happens, it's a real treat because we get to have a look at things outside of Liverpool. And you mentioned earlier on, you thought maybe perhaps United might be on a, potentially at the start of a little bit of a tear um, and quite rightly pointed out the talent that lies in that squad for all that we might <laughs> maybe have a little bit of a laugh at some of the underperformers. This ownership thing, Yando, is going to cause, I would imagine, some difficulty um, if in no other area than in the January recruitment, for sure, you would imagine it's going to have an impact there. What are you hearing about how close this is to getting done? Because surely, I, 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 am I the only one who heard about six or seven different deadlines by which it was supposed to be done, including, I think, the most recent one was Thanksgiving. So, obviously, there's things they can't agree on. This has now gone beyond a year. You know, it's over the year since they put the club up for sale. We were never quite sure what that meant. Did that mean that they want to sell the whole club or whatever? So, in the end, they decided that the best option was to, to, to get Sir Jim Ratcliffe in. Uh, the deadline, 100%, was the international break, uh, which obviously we've assumed on the 25th of November. It was meant to be done before that. It wasn't done. Uh, spoke to somebody from Manchester Evening News who says that the lawyers are desperately trying to work out certain things. And I said I said when we spoke about it last time or the time before, sure, Jim Ratcliffe isn't just going to come in there and give him $1.3 billion, uh, for the owners to do whatever they want to do with and then invest another $245 million as a starter, without having a real handle on this, you know. So I think that's a big thing, isn't it? I mean, the Glazer siblings, there's loads of them, isn't there? But there's a couple of them. 
be really keen to keep hold of this Manchester United thing, isn't it? I think the majority of them would, would happy see it, you know, let's cash in. You know, it's like being in a casino in Vegas, isn't it? You've got loads of chips, let's cash in. Because that's basically what it's like, isn't it? They won the, they, they, they won the, uh, the jackpot, there's no doubt about that, isn't it? But I think there's a couple of the siblings who are really keen to, no, 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 we want to keep hold of this. You know, it's quite a prestigious thing, isn't it, to own a, an elite sport club, in it? So I think, yet again, Trevor, as much as they might be improving on the pits, we still have comedy in the ballroom, isn't it? That they can't decide on what they want. And I think it's been like that from the moment they put the club up for sale. So, okay. So we put the club up to sale, maybe to appease some of the siblings. But what is it that we want to achieve with it? You know, is it a full sale? At what price? Uh, so, yet again, it's a mess. So, no, I just keep coming back to Sir Jim Radcliffe. He, he, he would be the one here going... I'm not happy about this situation. This is not what I want, you know, for, for, for this type of outlay, financial outlay. And it's going to be more beyond, there's going to be further investment required, isn't it? I just think he's the one who's going, I can't accept these these terms. I cannot accept these terms. He has all sorts of plans and he has all sorts of people in place. Uh, and obviously he has ideas. Whether it works, I don't know, but he has a plan. And I appreciate that. The least you can have is a plan in it, Trevor. He has a plan. The Glazers, they never have a plan. You know, you just go from, 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 from day to day, don't they? You know, uh, so, yeah, yet again, bizarre. And if anything, funny, hilarious. I know wow. it's not a big, to a lot of people, Charlie, it's not a big deal, is it? Because they kind of go, oh, whatever. But, but, but once you start looking into it it, 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 it is comedy, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like, you're fucking selling the club, or you're not selling the club, you're getting this guy in, he's not coming in, you know what I mean? And, and nobody knows where they're standing. Eric Ten Hag was under pressure, now he's not under pressure. January's a big month, you know? January's a big month, you know. You can do all sorts, isn't it? If you're then, if if Lacklip is not through the doors, what, what will happen then? Uh, I, I, I don't know. As you as you were talking, I had a flashback. I know you're going to remember this. Do you recall one time when United was up for sale many moons ago? And a oh, yeah. fellow called Michael Knighton landed his helicopter yeah. in the on the pitch on Old Trafford. I think he turned out to be a spoofer. In in in. Uh, no, do you know what happened, Trevor? His backers let him down. Oh, was that it? Yeah, yeah. The financial backing he had, and I think the the purchase price was something like twenty two million. I might be wrong, okay. but it was around that figure. And they let him down last minute. So yes, he was a bit of a. And and he, he came. He was on the pitch, wasn't he? Yeah. And if you yeah, remember, yeah. he ran down the Stratford end and 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 scored a goal. Uh, he didn't get Manchester United because his financial backer let him down. We ended up buying Carlisle United, and he was at Carlisle United for a number of years as an owner. Where he even put himself on the bench in a reserve team game. So you, <laughs> you almost get him. I'm going to buy a football club so I can get a game of football. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of comedy, I mean, yes, that's remarkable. Uh, the the other team that will keep us entertained, no doubt, um, with their shenanigans with the transfer window approaching is Chelsea, and it's interesting because if you look at the makeup of player that you would have thought Pochettino might have his eyes on, I don't think uh, defensive holding midfielder types are exactly in short supply, knocking around at Stamford Bridge. We certainly have had our eyes on two of them that they got, not to mention the ones they already had. And yet they're being linked with this kid, Moscardo, from South America, um, which is weird, but not really when you consider that Todd Bowley is probably going to Todd Bowley at the end of the day and there'll be money splashed around. I had this thing in my head that perhaps now they've got this, you know, genuinely... Uh, manager of of, of repute that, that that perhaps he would have a say. I don't know. It feels a bit odd, Jan, that the rumor mill is starting already, and it feels as if we're going back into Todd's season where he just starts flashing the cash book around or uh, the checkbook around. I mean, do you, do you have do you have a feel for that? Well, you, do you know anyone in the Chelsea setup, or what is the talk about whether or not they are um, likely to do big business again? So. I have to start off by saying I think you're a bit harsh, Trevor, because Chelsea haven't signed anyone for three months. You know, <laughs> so, yeah. it's withdrawal syndromes, and you can imagine Todd, can't you? Who the fuck decided this transfer window? You know what I mean? I've got loads of money I want to spend. Uh, 
the people at Chelsea are struggling a little bit because nobody knows Tot. Mm. You know, it's not as if there's been anyone who's built up any relationship with Tot. Uh, and, and he obviously, I'm talking about the, the, the people who go down on a regular basis. And although I have a very good authority that whoever's the manager has no say, you know, this, this is basically the owner's show. And you mentioned number six defensive midfield. I don't think that matters to Todd Bowley. As long as they're footballers and they're young and they're well regarded, he'll, he'll sign them. And if that ends up with eight in the same position, so what? You know, I'm buying you the best that's available, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, don't be surprised. I mean, I, I, I have heard that they're going to work on a one-in, one-out basis. Uh, and, of course, they would have to at some stage, wouldn't they? they can't keep bringing in. Uh, but one-in, one-out shouldn't be too difficult either uh, because they've got an awful lot of players, haven't they? So, but the, the, the thing with it is you would have no idea where they'd end up, would you? You'd have no idea where they're going to end up. No. You know, they could be easy linked with 100 people and then sign five that they haven't even been linked with just because somebody told Todd. I mean, to be fair, I had a chairman a bit like that when I was at home. I'd come back from training and go, do you know so-and-so? And half the players I didn't know. Uh, and I'd go, no, I don't know him, I don't know him. But he was sitting upstairs in his office speaking to agents from, from mainland Europe. And I'm thinking, well, fucking whole city. You know, let's look at Boston or Lincoln or sign somebody from Tranmere, you know. You're talking about second division in France, and then he's coming back and he's going, Do you? and I go, no, I don't know him, no. And it was as if he's going, what do you mean you don't fucking know him? But I don't, you know, I'm not an expert of second division in France or, you know, Luxembourg fucking Premier League. And it was like ridiculous. You know, he was an agent's dream. And I guess Todd is the same. Todd is the same. And actually, you know, a wonderful story that links the two clubs that we were just talking about together in a kind of comedy vein is, Guess who United are being linked with? Timo Werner. Remarkable. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah round yeah, and round we go. Yeah, so there you go. It's just... But to be just... fair, if there's a football club that can make horrendous signings, it's Manchester United. Yeah. It's, it's horrendous, Trevor. How can you have most expensive sign they've ever made, Lukaku? Semi-disaster. Second most, Paul Pogba. Disaster. Third most expensive, this Anthony that they took from our disaster. You know, it, we're talking about 190, 85 million for these players, and they've been no good. I mean, whoever's brought them in, surely to God, there's only one door for them, isn't it? How you done, lads? <laughs> Trevor. You give me 85 million to sign a player for Jurgen Klopp, I'll fucking get that bang on. I'm t- and so will you. I'll give you 85 and you'll get a bang on. Ask me to coach him or nothing, or, you know, just make sure we pick a, an 85 year old, an 85 million pound player who can actually play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know at least one 85 year old who'd be better than Anthony. Yeah, exactly. That's better exactly. than Anthony. Uh, so we should wrap it up. I want to just. Finish as usual by getting your take on how you think. You've pretty much given us your idea anyway. Uh, the two games, um, first Lask and then Fulham will go. Yeah, Thursday night. I want, I want Thursday night to be a bit of rock and roll, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's like, it's like, I guess yet again, there'll be a lot of fans who don't normally get access to Anfield. Uh, and I want it to be an experience for them, isn't it? You know what I mean? Free flow and plenty of goals and whatever. Lask will no. I th- Do you know what, Trevor? I think we'll beat them four uh, nil. Wow. Yeah, and I just think that the longer the game goes, you know, they they're going to get tired, aren't they? They're not going to be able to live with it. Uh, and sh- Sunday, I'm going for the same scoreline. Uh, you wow. know, I think we've got, I think we've got every chance of running all over Fulham. As I said, you have you have you look at clubs and you go, I'm not having them, uh, and I'm not having Fulham, uh, and that's not in it. You know, I want to be horrible or nothing. I just, I'm just not having them as a, I just don't get it. Uh, and I think they've done remarkably well having 15 points already. I, you know, I, I, I haven't really looked into how they got the 15 points other than the results and ever, but maybe they've been a bit looking some of them games in it because to me, they just don't look like a squad, a team that's capable of getting 15 points after 13 games. So maybe they have slightly overachieved this and so. 
let's go for two straightforward 4-0 wins, Strutter. Well, that is music to everyone's ears. And I'll tell you what, if you are running the rule over a team like that, I'll take that opinion and run with it every single day of the week. It's very interesting to hear, as has everything else that you've said on the show been. Uh, we've, as usual, covered a mass of topics. So for that, as ever, thanks very much, man. Yeah, enjoyed it, Trevor. On and upwards, an important period with some very, very winnable games. Let's get it done. Let's get it done is right. You heard the man if you're listening Reds. And if you're listening to us, then you are very, very wise people indeed. Listeners to Anfield Index Pro. Uh, if you enjoy our show, and I know you do, why don't you tell someone else about it? Spread the word. Let's get this man's wisdom into as many ears as possible. We will be back with you next week to talk about two games and look ahead to two more. It's that time of the year, folks. They are coming thick and fast. As Jan said, they look winnable. But the job has to get done. So we'll be here to talk to you through that process from myself, Trev Downing, and from the main man, Jan Mulby. This is Mulby on the spot for Anfield Index Pro. We'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.